how are you feeling? It costs you zero cents to ask someone how they're feeling and how they're doing. Hey, CEOs, welcome back to the CEO Wing Woman Show. I'm your host, Christy Bowie, and we are back with another really awesome episode about helping your mental health. We had a few episodes ago, we talked with Emily about overcoming some of those things you were probably feeling at the start of your business, um, anxiety, imposter syndrome, all of those. And now you guys love that so much. I have brought back Sarah to talk with us about how some of that kind of relates to being in the growth stage of growing a team. So I am so excited to introduce Sarah Macon. Sarah is the founder and CEO of Macon Wellness, which is a specialized online therapy company. She established the company in 2017 and has led Macon Wellness to its position today as Pennsylvania's fastest growing and privately owned telemental health company, achieving rapid expansion and mental health utilization, which I think we all know has been very, very important in these past few years. So Sarah, I am so excited to welcome you today. Thank you, Christy. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, perfect. So I would love for you kind of just to start out introducing yourself to our audience, tell them a little bit about you and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So I started making wellness in 2017 with the intention of helping millions of people to heal and become happy again through exceptional therapy. So we have been growing super fast in the, between mostly double to triple digit uh, growth every single year since 2017. So there have been a lot of changes and so much growth, which has been such an amazing time getting to support our clients and getting to grow and develop our team. It's been a really great experience. And what led me down to go this path is that um, I suffered from a lot of challenging experiences when I was younger and I was very depressed and my therapist really saved my life and really helped me to look at things in a different way and helped me to reframe and do all these things that I didn't know how to do and I wouldn't have learned if I didn't have the support of my therapist. And so I've really been on a mission ever since then to give this gift back to the masses. And so um, that is my why and why I started making wellness. And I'm happy to share more about any of those things. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I love that part of it was, you know, give back for what has been so beneficial to you. That's definitely part of my journey too. Um, and I think there's a lot to be talked about here specifically for, you know, mental health and entrepreneurs. There is a yeah. journey that we go on that nobody understands. Literally the other day, my husband was like, Christy, yesterday you were fine. Now you're crying. Tomorrow you're going to be fine. Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't either. But like, this is just how it goes. Um, yeah. So I am so excited to kind of dig into this. So the first place I want to kind of start is, you know, when we are starting to think about growing our team and thinking about, you know, ourselves, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, what we probably need to think about and learn about ourselves before we go through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first you need to have a mission and values, and it's not just something that you post on a wall at your office. It's something that, you know, everyone needs to know what the mission is. Everyone needs to know what the values are and to have that to be top of mind 
because that is really what's going to guide you in the good times and the not so good times. And especially when you're hiring, because you want to have people who are on board and they're excited about being part of the mission and the journey that, that you and your company is on. Um, so that is really the first thing to prepare for. And another thing to prepare for is having a really good process in place that's systematized for hiring and making sure that everyone is executing on that process and that no one's skipping any steps. Like everyone has to be hiring within the same sort of format. Um, and that process is easily accessible. It's documented and that everyone is in the loop because typically, especially at certain stages, especially if you're a small to mid-sized business, it's mul- typically multiple people involved in the hiring process and they need to all be aware of what is happening. Otherwise, there's confusion, which then decreases the quality of the onboarding experience, which then decreases the length of time your employee is probably going to stay with you. So it's really important that your onboarding experience and the hiring experience is systematized. And it's also really set up to be um, in a way that shows who the team is and like shows what your company's values are. Yeah, I think that's really great. And literally thinking about what we do value because we want to surround ourselves with people who have those same values. I have, you know, for listeners, me, this is me right now. I've been going through this thing, this exact thing, you know, we're, we're really hiring right now. And some of it was me sitting down and being like, okay, what do I value in a person besides just their ability to do this job? You know, I value someone who wants to be close knit with me and my clients. I value somebody, you know, who, who has willingness to learn and all of these qualities that aren't necessarily quote unquote job descriptions to do the actual job, but it's more of the actual company you want to build and like the mindset and emotions in that company, I think is really important. So Sarah, one of the things that people really get anxious about when they are into this team building phase is how in the world can I let go, especially if you are going from solopreneur to building a team, um, or even if it's maybe just more team members from a few close-knit ones. And we've, we're used to having quite a bit of control. How do we let go and start to learn to trust some people that we're hiring? Yeah, so it's two steps. So the first step is really um, ad- assessing your own ego because there are people out there that can handle certain parts of our company so much better than us. And so understanding like there are people out there that are specifically specialized in doing X, Y, and Z. And that's really who you'd want to have in that position. And one of the things that one of my mentors told me is that every time, and I'm still learning clearly, um, every time you're doing a task that you could hire someone else to do or can delegate to someone else to do, you're actually stealing from your company. And so reminding yourself of that whenever you want to like go and like jump in. And so it's like starting out with like letting go. It's okay to let go. And having that understanding that throughout our entrepreneurial journey, what we're going to be doing in different stages is going to change. Like what I was doing in the startup stages is completely different than what I'm doing now. And like, it's going to be completely different again a year from now and 10 years from now and 30 years from now and just getting yourself mentally prepared now that this is what entrepreneurship as you develop the company entails so you have a realistic expectation because it can be very painful. Whenever I was in that position when I started to transition out of doing things and transition to be more in a leader and a more of a 
a CEO type of a role, I straight up had an identity crisis because I was so used to seeing patients. So used to um, providing clinical supervision and like doing all these different like internal audits and doing all these things that it was really difficult for me psychologically, but it was because I had an unrealistic expectation and I was emotionally attached to what I was and who my identity is then. And so now my identity, I understand as the company grows, I'm going to constantly need to be doing different things and constantly evolving. And that's just part of the process. So when you have a realistic expectation, it helps you to prepare because like what Christy's doing today, assuming the company continues to grow, it's going to be totally different than like what you're going to do five years from now. And then whenever you are delegating, this is a huge mistake that I made. You need to have proper checks and balances in place prior to delegation of departments or significant responsibility because you still want to be able to check in to make sure that thing is done. Because most of most people are good. Most people want to do a good job. However, there are some people that are looking for the lazy way out, looking for the easy way out of things. And they might say one thing but actually do another. So you need to have a set of checks and balances in place too. Um, so in that way you can make sure that things are truly getting done and that things are being executed in the manner that you want it to be executed on. Many times when it's not us doing it anymore, we have to set up or slightly adjust the system to make sure that that is able to happen. Um, So that also helps too, because sometimes the anxiety about letting go is because we subconsciously know that we don't have the right system in place. And so, yeah, yeah, that's literally the other day I was like, um, I actually want to change my entire system. I decided I didn't like my system as I bring on more employees and it really halted my hiring process because I was like, I don't like this. I'm not ready to give it off to someone. I don't feel confident. Um, so I think that's really important to set up something where you can still have a pulse on the business, you know, exactly. CEO, like. You, you need to know what's going on, but you don't need to be in the day-to-day. So, you know, having that high-level pulse, whatever that system looks like for you, I think is super important. And I also like how you mentioned kind of identifying who is best for what role. I actually saw this really interesting, it was, you know, a TikTok or something the other day where I think it was the founder of Blender Bombs, basically this, this company she's the owner and founder. And she actually hired a CEO because she was like, I'm not meant to be a CEO. I'm meant to, you know, have this founder and visionary role, but I'm not the executor. And so she kind of has like a step back at the company that, you know, is, is not traditionally what we would normally think and expect as the founder being the CEO. And so just this, you know, hyper self-awareness of like, I'm not the right person to be in this position. And that's totally fine because, you know, where I am with my strengths, that will grow the company in the long term. So I don't know. I thought that was really interesting to see people actually digging into themselves and being like, okay, this is the best thing for the company. And that's something I think a lot of us will have to go through. It's like, I want to do this, but maybe it's not the best for the company. Um, So when we start to identify our strengths and really think about um, okay, coming into this role of a leader, what should we really be thinking about? What does it take to actually be able to have that trust and faith in ourselves to say, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. I know what I'm doing. I'm capable of being a leader. I think mentorship goes a long way. I've always had 
lots and lots of mentors start, I mean, starting whenever I was in grad school. So that is extremely helpful. And so someone who has been where you are and has completed what you've already wanted to do, essentially. So not just Joe Schmo down the street who says he's a coach, like someone who's, you know, has truly has done it. And you want someone who's done it um, successfully. Um, so that really helps. There's so many resources about leadership. Um, there are lots of different authors that talk about leadership. John Maxwell, I've read a bunch of his books. Um, Warren Bennis, I believe he was a leadership professor at Harvard Business School. Frances Fry, who's still at Harvard, she is an amazing leader. She actually was the one that went in after Uber had some challenges with their culture and with the founder CEO doing some things that were not necessarily the most ethical or the best thing that a leader would do. Uber hired her and her team to go to go in and to help to change the culture um, and to get the right leadership in place. So Frances Fry has a lot of great resources and she has a methodology to leadership too, which is based off of empathy, um, logic, based off of empathy and using logic and clear communication. Um, I found her to be incredibly helpful. Um, and also considering like, what are you doing? Are you being the example that you want to set for your team? Because with an organization, change and everything starts at the top. We cannot blame anyone besides ourselves when something goes wrong. And so we need to take accountability and like step up to the plate and like look at ourselves first. If your team is chronically burned out, what are you doing as a leader to prevent that from happening? And are you working in a way where your team is looking up to you and you're setting an unrealistic standard? Um, and like really looking at yourself um, to see what your gaps are and how you can work to fill those gaps. And um, I think a lot of leadership really has to do with like clear communication, setting clear expectations and being the example that you want your team to be and being the vessel of like the mission and the values. And so like my team knows that they come to me more than likely, they already know in their minds how I'm going to respond or like what my ideas about something are based off of our mission and our values. So if there's like an issue with a client with their medical bill for some reason, like they know I'm probably going to say, let's just wave the whole thing. Like let's take excellent care of the client and then we'll, and so just like things like that. Um, but it really, again, it starts with the mission and the values and it has to move you and it has to move your team too. So your emotions have to be like a part of, part of that. Um, because if you have a good why, then the how will appear. But if you don't have a why, like those days, like that you're talking about, like those days seem so much more difficult. And again, knowing like as a leader, there's going to be bad days. Like there's going to be days when you wake up and you might not necessarily want to work. But like those are the days you have to like remind yourself like, okay, like my why is X, Y, and Z. And therefore like that should rejuvenate you. And if it doesn't, then it could be time to revisit what the mission or what the values or what, what your why is. Um, because if it's something that really resonates with you and the team, it can help to keep you um, like more motivated essentially and will help to keep you on track and knowing like not every day is going to be good. There's going to be days where you should like 
don't feel good emotionally um, and strong leaders are still able to function and to be able to like progress, like progress, like through that, to be able to like show up for their team. Because again, we have to be the most stable ones because if we're like unstable, if our team sees, oh my gosh, like Sarah's like, she's triggered by X, Y, and Z and she's yelling all the time, like, or whatever, being reactive, being reactive is not a leadership quality and is something to be further looked into of like, why am I being reactive? Like what's happening and what can I get in place to, to work on that? Cause we, we all have our shortcomings. It's just like, let's identify those and start working on those. Cause many times people just want to work on their strengths as leaders, but we need to work on our weaknesses too. Yeah. And one of the things that you brought up that I think is so relevant right now is like making sure that why is so well-defined for both you and your team. And I know, especially with the past few years of like what the workforce has looked like, people are so much more willing to work for something that has a purpose than just work for money. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have seen so many people take a step back from a job that was not fulfilling emotionally and with complete disregard to the financial side. And I think that sometimes the tendency is to be like, oh, all my team wants is money. Like they're just a money drain on my business. But really, you know, when you bring in the right people who have a like-minded vision towards you, they are going to be so fulfilled by pursuing that vision that that is really going to help propel your company. So I think that's super important to think about, especially with the the way the workforce is going lately. People are so attracted to that strong vision. And it's something I went through too. You know, I, I, I was leaving my old companies and it, yeah, some of it was the hours, some of it was the pay, but like at the end of the day, I would have gone through all of that if I felt like I was doing something worthwhile. And yeah. that's really what human beings I think right now are kind of after. It's, it's a purpose driven in this world. So if you can kind of be the compass to like point your team towards that purpose, they get a sense of fulfillment that doesn't really happen, I think, in a lot mm-hmm. of other um, jobs or, or places in, the, in this world. So I think oh, yeah. that's super great that you bring that up. And even the predictability component of you saying, you know, your team knows how you will react. That is so, so undervalued of you know, being a predictable leader, do people know what to expect out of you? Because when you are the face of this business and you are the decision maker, you can't be like me these past few weeks, like here one day and here the other. You have to be so strong because if you aren't able to kind of put on that face and and have that expectation, how should everybody else know how to act? I think that's that's a really good point that you brought up. Yeah. And I mentioned that specifically, like, you know, team facing, I mean, behind closed doors is something totally different. (laughs) And the other thing too, Christy, is that I've been there. And my my experience of being at that point was about the third, it was like the third year of being in business, I was very reactive. And what, what I learned through that stage was like recognizing what my triggers are and really working on them. Like for instance, anytime someone would call me, someone from my team would call me without scheduling a meeting, like that would stress me out. I'm like, something terrible is happening. (laughs) So, you know, that would trigger me like negative reviews. Oh my gosh, that would ruin. I'm not even kidding, Christy. It would like ruin like 
maybe like three days. Like I was just in a terrible mood, just like learning like what triggers you. And is this something that's going to be a chronic ongoing part of your business? And if so, like, let's like work on reframing your thoughts around whatever the situation is. So in that way, you're not going to be constantly triggered, um, which was the issue like that I was having at one point when the company was growing. And then too, with time, like, you know, many times, like once we're, once we face a stimuli or situation over and over again, like it's like, I don't know if you've ever heard of exposure therapy, like some, Mm -hmm. like once you're exposed to something over and over again, typically with time, your response, um, the reaction goes down. So part of it is like being like learning and growing as an entrepreneur and understanding, like having a realistic expectation, like things are going to go wrong. There's going to be dumpster fires. Like there's going to be employees that leave. There's going to be, you know, whatever negative things can happen, like everything, everything and anything you can possibly think of. There's going to be like, you know, global pandemics. And it's just, you know, like this is, it's just come like, it's just understanding like this is a hard position to be in helps with that just like having more of a realistic perspective really helps with your mental health and also the mental health of your employees because I do tell like my team like nothing like things like we're gonna have mistakes like things are gonna go wrong like we're gonna provide excellent client care to a client and then they could have an insurance issue and the insurance could mess something up or not pay for something then they get mad at us and just like giving like helping them to realize okay we're focused on the positive and we're going to focus on what we can do but also be aware that things can go wrong and what it's just a learning experience like awesome we failed at this we get to learn from this and and move on and so that way your team's not getting upset or stressed as stressed out if they have a realistic perspective and also like time to take care of themselves like we do we rolled out something about a a year or two years ago um that our team really loves we have mental health days and so there are like which for us christy like what majority of my team do they're supporting patients so there's a lot of emotions involved and typically industries where people care or have to like experience empathy um, or even if they do something that they really love, those are the people that are most prone to burnout because they actually care. So we kind of force our team to take time off <laughs> through PTO and through offering mental health days. And like that has helped a lot because sometimes like what like a provider could have like a rough day where they have like eight sessions, like it's a support eight clients and maybe like they, they had a couple like who now decided to get a divorce and then another client is not doing well. And it's like, it can be a lot. And so we provide that to, we provide mental health days so that they can just have an unexpected day off um, and can can take care of themselves. I actually have one of my team members today. She's having a mental health day. Um, She requested it and we granted it to her. And then I called her. This was while she she requested it earlier this week and her and I were chit-chatting. I'm like, okay, so like, what are you going to do for self-care? We're going to do mandatory self-care on your mental health day. Like, what do you want to do? And she's like, I don't know, maybe get a haircut or get a massage. I'm like, whatever you choose, it's my treat. Just let me know and make sure you do it. You know? So like checking in with your team, like asking them, like, what do you do for self-care? And like, if you can, if you have the funds to be able to reimburse it or 
like that would they they really do appreciate that or even if not just even like the thought of knowing that like you care about them and their mental health is um not only something that a good leader would do but also it's good for their mental health and therefore reduces the likelihood of burnout which is an issue right now a lot of people feeling very burnt out right now um especially a lot of people in the workforce and that's one of the reasons why people are looking for other jobs or you know leaving their jobs because they think like oh if i go and i work at so and so place it's gonna like fix everything and then they forget that they still bring them where they go too so that's a challenge that's definitely a good point and i like that you bring up you know sometimes the people who are some of the greatest workers or care the most are actually the most prone to this because they do put their heart and soul into everything and sometimes that's just like they're they're give 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 person and some people in our lives just just take they take yeah whether that be you know the, the clients and, and unintentionally or other people in their lives, I've definitely noticed that there are people who are just some of the greatest people who then end up struggling the most. And sometimes that's something we don't see or we don't notice because they are so good at putting on yeah. a face because they know what you want to see. So as we start to build this team, what are some ways that we can be looking out for people on our team who might be struggling or identify those hopefully ahead of time before it gets to a bad situation? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of different things that you can do. You can send out different anonymous surveys, um, which are good to do anyways, just to get like a, um, a an overarching viewpoint of like how your team is doing. Um, you can do it during your one-on-ones. Like for instance, with my one-on-ones with like the department heads of like make and wellness, one of the first things I ask them during our one-on-one, and again, they expect this, they predict this because I have the same meeting agenda every single week. How are you feeling? It costs you zero cents to ask someone how they're feeling and how they're doing. Um, and I, one of the last questions that I asked my team is, you know, are there any like personal things happening or any upcoming matters like PTO or medical or like anything with your family or anything like that you think that I should be aware of? Um, and that also can provide, you know, um, provide you with additional information. And like, let's say they said that, that their, that their kids like really not feeling well, or the kid's been sick or X, Y, and Z, like that, that way, like, I know, like, so-and-so is going through a hard time. And like, to be able to support them and to offer them some grace um, if they're behind on something or something doesn't get done on time or whatnot. Um, I think providing an employee assistance program to your team can be super helpful if you have the funds to do that. Um, Cause then in there many times they have access to different um, resources that can help or even like connecting them with um, an online therapist like make and honest, we can support your team and support um, any client who's looking to have online therapy. Um, we're more than happy to help as well. So just providing them with different resources and checking in is the most helpful thing. There is one more thing that I do for my team that's a little bit unique. Um, one of our benefits, and I offer this as a benefit for anyone, even if they're an independent contractor, is if they're going through a hard time, if they let me know a couple of things like 
do they want to see someone virtually or in person? Which not as kind of times they want to see a, client, a therapist remotely. Um, and what they're looking for support with and what their insurance is in case they don't have the insurance that we provide. And what I do is I go through and I reach out to a couple of different networks and I send over a bunch of referrals to them. So like even like sending over referral information can be really helpful because that takes off one thing from, it takes off something off of their plate. Um, yeah, so I all definitely, this help. yes, I definitely love that. Thinking about, you know, just one thing we can take off their plate to make things a little bit easier. I think sometimes we underestimate how much one thing piles on top of one thing. And yeah. even just like you said, starting that meeting with how are you feeling, which sounds so different than how are you, right? Because it's, oh, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And then we move on. Like that is the normal conversation. But when you say, you know, how are you feeling? Well, I can't really answer that. Fine. Like <laughs> it's, it's an answer that, you know, a question that you really want an answer to. So I love that. And then also thinking about being proactive if there is something coming up in their lives that, that might be a little bit more of a strain on them. So if they have, you know, maybe they want to take PTO, maybe they have something in their family coming up or whatever that looks like. I think making a proactive plan on how to approach that instead of saying, okay, well, maybe it'll slip right now. And then this is my biggest pet peeve. It's like when things slip and then it's like, and then you come back and you still have all of this to tackle. So maybe you've mm -hmm. been through a hard time, you come back to work and it's still like all on your plate. So it's kind of like being knocked down again and again. So mm -hmm. just knowing that, you know, we can be proactive about, Hey, maybe, you know, I can take some of this, or maybe I have a few other people who wouldn't mind stepping up for a few days so that if this person needs time off and they come back, they aren't then bombarded with all of the stuff that they had to do during their time off. So mm -hmm. I love taking that um, proactive approach. So I would love to just take a minute and for you to share with us, you know, the ways that Make and Wellness could potentially support um, our listeners' teams and, you know, how you can provide that support to their employees. Yeah, absolutely. So you can just go to makinwellness.com. That's makinwellness.com. And we are able to match our clients with providers that are specialized in whatever concern your team member has and accept their insurance. Another great thing about Make and Wellness is that we do partner with most commercial insurance companies. So all the big ones, Optum, Cigna, Aetna, uh, United Healthcare, um, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Geisinger, UPMC, um, the list goes on and on. Um, so many times it's covered by insurance. And so if you have anyone who's struggling um, and is looking for support, you can just forward our contact information. Um, our phone number is 833-274-HEAL as well. So they could schedule online or through a phone call or through text if they prefer. And if anyone's looking for additional mental health resources that are free, you can listen to the Stuff My Therapist Says podcast. You can find that wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And we have different specialists share in information about different mental health related topics. That's amazing. And to our listeners, all of these will be linked in the show notes below. So you don't have to take note in your car while you're listening. You can just click that link whenever you are ready to reach out. So 
Sarah, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all this incredible information. I know it already makes me feel better about expanding and growing my team, knowing the ways that I can really be a good leader and take care of my employees. So thank you so much for coming on today. Of course, it was such a pleasure and thanks for having me. Yes, of course. So to our CEOs, I hope this was incredibly helpful to you and that you will take some of these away with you to think about on how to grow and scale your team and be a good leader. So I will see you next week, CEOs. Mm -hmm.